0: Welcome to Decrypting You. Decrypting You is a podcast about tiny human behaviors, all the things you do without really thinking about doing them. I'm Ellie Kincaid, and I'll be your host. For our first episode, we're hitting the road. But first, the sidewalk.
1: I'm walking here, I'm walking here.
0: I'd call that a classic example of pedestrian aggression. It's like road rage, but on the sidewalk. You know the feeling of frustration when someone is in your way while you're walking and how it can make you act not so nice I sure do I live in New York City and I like to walk fast I also like to think of myself as a mild mannered person but if anyone slows me down on the sidewalk I get really annoyed I'm gonna be late great time to power walk oh and here's this couple just moseying down the middle of the sidewalk Is it weird that I've gotten this close to them? Whatever, they should walk faster or let me pass. Life is short, people. Get a move on. All right, so I wasn't actually out on the street talking to myself just then. That was a dramatic interpretation, though not so far from what goes on in my head. But when Leon James, who's a psychologist at the University of Hawaii, wanted to study pedestrian aggression, He actually did have his students carry voice recorders and speak their thoughts aloud as they were walking. That let him get inside their heads and hear what was going on. It's common, very common for pedestrians to have aggressive thoughts and to do what I call ruminating. That's James. Going over in your mind, over and over again, how awful it is, focusing on the negativity, and so making it more difficult for you to control your emotions. In that study I mentioned, James had 30 volunteers between the ages of 21 to 34 take voice recorders with them as they went to the mall, to the airport, or out on a busy street. From what they said, he put together a questionnaire for people to assess their level of pedestrian aggression. The survey consists of 20 statements that people could either say yes or no to. As in, yes, I do swear to myself more often in crowded places, or no, I don't imagine hurting other pedestrians yes. I hate pedestrians who just dawdle instead of walking somewhere. No, I don't get jealous when someone else makes it across the street before the light turns and I'm stuck on the other side of the crosswalk. The more yes answers a person gives, the greater their pedestrian aggression. For the 30 college students that James gave the assessment to, the average score was 12 out of 20, but it was a huge range from five all the way up to the full 20. When I took the test, I didn't do as bad as I thought. I only answered yes to nine questions. I may hate it when people dawdle, but I don't imagine hurting them. James estimates that up to 80% of people express some sort of explosive pedestrian aggression. That means any way of showing the people walking around you that you're not happy with them. It doesn't have to be as explosive as yelling. Side eyes totally count. James is one of the few researchers who has tried to look at pedestrian aggression. Most of the research on this kind of thing comes from another way of getting around, driving. There is a lot of research about road rage, which the experts call driver aggression and driver violence. That research could help us better understand why I get annoyed at slow walkers. Psychologists have found that, generally, the more stressed people are when driving, the more likely they are to be aggressive. Maybe, this research says, I'm stressed out and taking it out on my fellow pedestrians. But there's another thing going on, too, something psychologists call the fundamental attribution error. This principle basically says we assume that how someone acts towards us reflects only their intentions or who they are as a person, when it may actually have more to do with something that's happening to them.
1: If someone does something that we find upsetting, it's because that person is evil or incompetent.
0: That's David Wiesenthal, a psychologist at York University in Toronto.
1: All we see is the swerve into our lane, and we tend to make attributions that it is the driver's incompetence or walk personality or general indifference to other people.
0: In actuality, they may have been trying to avoid a pothole or may have been distracted by a kid in the back seat. When I'm walking, Maybe I get angry because I assume the guy walking slowly in front of me is inconsiderate or lazy, but maybe he's just had a long day at work. The point is, we don't actually know why people do what they do, but we assume the worst. We make the fundamental attribution error in a lot of different circumstances, but driving is also a special case. When you're driving, you're interacting with people you'll probably never see again, and in fact often, you can't even see their faces, and they can't see yours either. You're anonymous.
1: You have a sense of, should I say, freedom to act in a nasty manner.
0: So what can someone like me do about all this if I don't want to act so nasty? James has a suggestion. It's what I call the Costanza technique. He got the idea from an episode of Seinfeld, one where George is complaining to Jerry and Elaine that every single decision he's ever made has been wrong. To change that…
1: Yeah. I should do the opposite. I should. If every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right.
0: Basically, our instincts about how to act on the sidewalk are often just as wrong as George's are about everything. So if we recognize that and want to change, we should do the opposite, like he does in the episode. So when I come up behind a group of people who are walking slowly and taking up the whole sidewalk. My first instinct is to tailgate them and dart around them at the soonest possible opportunity. But I could not do that. It's hard to make that choice, though, especially because, as Wiesenthal says, not having choices is part of what causes the stress that can lead to aggression.
1: When you are in congested traffic, your choices of behavior are very limited. Your ability to control your environment is... Absent. Your environment is completely controlling you. And that can cause stress.
0: He says experimental evidence has shown that listening to music and deep breathing help to reduce stress while driving. If that doesn't work...
1: We would suggest carpooling or the use of public transportation when it's available.
0: Well, here's the music. Hope it helps me chill out. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Leon James and David Wiesenthal, and to Six Umbrellas for our music.